welcome to another exciting episode of the House of MTVG. I'm Guy. I'm Buddy. And, well, yeah, we're Buddy and Guy, and this is the House of MTV. That's repetitive. The fuck am I doing? I don't know, man. I would, I, uh, I would suspect you're inebriated in one way or another. I, I also no? need to have more no? coffee. I, a little, a little bit, enough to a take little bit, sure. the edge off. You know, you, you're. The, I mean, edge. you're never not. You're never not. It's dangerous. It's. It really is. It's. It's like I have been, and then it's like whoever, if anybody knows me, like when I when I start getting to that point of being sober, everybody's like, "Go smoke." Yeah, yeah. I no, guess it's I, my anxiety. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Know. No, dude. I trust me. I understand. And and having decades of experience with you, I also know how well you function. Like you're not one of those like smoke lay down on the couch and do nothing like you are you 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 function normally with it and abnormally without it um eh, in fact if in you, a lot of ways it's you it's, well it's, i mean what was it 2012 washington state had the vote to legalize marijuana and mm-hmm. you my friend were the reason i checked yes in that box <laughs> you and you alone well, it, I I appreciate it because uh, it, we're here. I'm, <clears throat> I'm I'm sitting here and it's like I can say without a doubt there are there is a huge difference in my productivity and capabilities to just yeah to, to I mean, deal it, with a lot it, more. It literally affects me in no way, shape, or form whether it's legal or not because it's not a factor in my life. But, uh, you know, when, when you're sometimes when you're in a voting booth or you're filling out a ballot or whatever you're doing, there's an issue that affects somebody you love. And I love Guy. He's my brother. Um, and I, I know you had told me of the, the issues you have had and the potential risks you've had to take or had to take prior. And, and I'm like, let's just make life easier for Guy. Fuck everybody else. I'm voting for Guy. So I, guy, guy says thank you. No, yeah, it's like it, there with all the risks. I think the, the what was the most bizarre thing to me, and what ended up making me realize that I I was better was I remember that it was like the second time I was ever stoned. Second time. I mean, I was I was barely tracking anything, mind you, and. I, I was doing this time warp thing where it's sort of like you, you focus in for like 30 seconds and then you're gone for like 45 and then you're back in for 30 seconds and then pegged out for 20. So you never know where you're really at. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What was I talking about? Um, it, it was, it's really, that, that was like, it was, it was a lot of fun, but, um, because especially when you're hyper, like, you paid way too much attention to conversations and sometimes, you know, shit that you don't need to and shouldn't. It was, like, really entertaining being on the other end of being like, what the fuck is going on? I can't even. Um, <clears throat> but beyond that, I remember um, a lot of people that knew me, they... I. I saw them and I hung out with people and every time it was like they were all like wow Josh this is the most normal you've ever been and I was so fucking hot I was I couldn't even track shit and people were like 
you've never been this normal. This is this is like what's what's going on? What happened? Are you? And it's like, oh my god. People think I'm normal, yet here I am, just like how can they not tell with my eyes? It's like it's I was yeah. So from that point in time, I realized okay, so. I, I, people understand me better when I'm stoned. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it um, it does have properties that heal. It really does. You know, I I take uh, I take CBD products to help me out mm-hmm. with some of my my aches and pains and other issues. And uh, the I swear about it. shit. Yeah, the cannabinoid process and that that shit that goes on. That and they're just starting to you know like really dig into it and being able to research the findings with the legalizations and, and things they can run the studies but um, the cannabinoid system that they found is exactly what you're talking about it's the the janitor it's like uh, what uh, Matt Matt Damon and goodwill hunting um, it's an incredibly bright janitor and so when you have cells that act up and don't do the right things it goes in and it it says, "Oh, hey, look! This uh, this kill switch is is stuck, and it unstucks it, and the cell dies like it's supposed to. Or, um, it you know they hit the reset or the you know, and, and on on a cell. And so it really, it's I'm not gonna say I know a whole lot about it, like how it really works, but from everything that I've seen is like." It's it's a much needed system that exists. It's why we have THC naturally occurring in our body. Um, it's just yeah, we've also stripped the system and but yeah, it's it's an interesting. I, I you know every anybody that's curious about it should definitely do the research on it. But um, it was it was kind of interesting the, the things that that we are learning about you know and the cbds are right at that forefront of it i mean dude so i mean you you i mean you don't know my mother incredibly well i mean i know i know your mother way better than you know my mother but you've met my mother my mother is a pretty straight edge woman Mm -hmm. um she uh she uses cbd now on my recommendation and loves it the uh, the the relief she gets from using CBD, she said, is better than anything she's ever gotten. Um, you know, because she's and she's sixty four. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's still working full time. She's a mail carrier, and she gets aches and pains. And she, I think she uses a cream or an ointment or something along those lines. The number and of times I've heard she, that she can't go without it, dude. When she yeah. she forgot to pack it when she came out here on vacation and we had to run out and buy it for her because she's a daily user of it now and I mean that's amazing, right? No, well, and the CBD once you, oh, you know, it's like there's a lot of history that goes back into it, like cotton and tobacco and all the different things, the legalization and the making and or uh, uh, illegalization, I guess you could say. Uh, sure, of the criminalization of criminalization of, of specifically marijuana. It's they were using cannabis ultimately. That's why where cannabis got its name from the first place was because it was made from cannabis, um, which is a whole lot. It's like the hemp. Hemp has no um, properties that that would that 
cannabis has. It's like, but they're sh- they're in the same family, just no THC. However, right. the fibers are are really incredibly useful, very much the same as um, the cannabis fibers. Um, oh yeah, hemp uh, hemp ropes were sa- hemp sales. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, hemp is hemp is an incredible uh, and. Plant. And it's like, but back in the day when you had a choice to grow hemp or you had a choice to grow cannabis, you ended up growing cannabis because you could also smoke it and they did it all the exact same things because it wasn't illegal back in the day. It was actually medicinal. They used it every, like most cultures worldwide used it medicinally. Well, yeah, I mean, and so was, so was opium and heroin <laughs> and uh, cocaine and all sorts of stuff back in right? the day used medicinally. Um, right. You know, the, the other thing, there are negative effects to some of that shit. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I've listened to, uh, going to give, uh, a young independent podcaster named Joe Rogan, a little shout out here. Um, he, uh, he talks in great lengths very often about the healing effects of, of many of the, the drugs that he uses, including, uh, psilocybin, so mushrooms and, uh, dimethyltryptamine. And the, the healing effects he gets from those, and I've heard of, of other people who've had like uh, traumatic brain injuries mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or concussion issues, um, getting incredible healing from using uh, DMT and, and psilocybin. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I mean, one, I wouldn't even know how to get my hands on it, but two, that is something I would like legitimate researchers to look into, um, because I would, I, I would, and not, not to, not because I'm like, I want to feel like I'm anywhere, shape or form, um, uh, you know, stereotyping or anything, but. I really would cu- be curious as some of like from uh, the Eastern medicine to uh, the Native Americans or something like that, because I know there's cultures that use those, use them specifically from um, religiously to um, healing purposes. And I, I'm Western medicine always pretends like we know so much and we have we have all this information. But the truth is, some of it is we don't actually, we only have information that is um, applicable to American science. And I'm not saying don't believe in science. I say I would say very much so believe in it. But Western medicine is only it's like um, uh, the most of the drugs that we use. Uh, they are not natural. They have to. Have, you have to be able to split specific things out and test them, and the properties. And um, they have. Uh, there's a huge amount that goes into making sure what what we sell on in pharmaceuticals is very specific and does what it's supposed to and do for the majority of people. Yes, um, I mean, I, I literally, my job is working on a pharmaceutical product, so. So, and I'm not, and so there's a huge amount that goes into that, and so some of the stuff, the history, and some of the things that other cultures use and to, as far as verified results and other things like that, 
are more uh, hypothetical. What what American science considers hypotheticals or right? Not, yeah, and that's and that's what I mean studies. by uh, that's what I mean by like serious doctors and scientists should really look into this stuff because there's a lot of people who report good and great things as a result of you know dmt or psilocybin or ayahuasca or any number of things and um you know the the fda has a process that you have to go through to get approved uh for medication like when we went through the process to get set up to do our part of the pharmaceutical we had to do engineering and validation and then you know the their steps beyond which when the stuff that we do gets to the people that actually make the stuff uh-huh. um you know they have to obviously do their own validations and then they have to do clinical trials and studies and all this other stuff you know there's a big process to getting approved by the fda oh um, whoa but we digress we're here to talk about some video games some movie stuff not a whole lot of movie stuff that I can think of right now. I mean, well, I mean, there's I, there's always movies being released and stuff being uh, put out there to watch. Yeah, um, true. I, absolutely. You know, not and not everything is everybody's cup of tea. I did watch a new movie that's been on Netflix. Um, I don't know how long it's been there, but I noticed it uh, a couple weeks ago and decided to sit down and watch. Uh, called the outpost mm-hmm. uh so you know about an army outpost in northern afghanistan it's a true story um you know and it's like it was built in the shittiest spot in the shittiest way and you know was nothing but problems and uh it's you know it's just based on the on the true story of all the the, the bad shit that happened to him in a very short period of time culminating in a massive attack where a bunch of people were killed and wounded uh, and the resulting battle, uh, you know, they decided to abandon the base and there were two medals of honor awarded um, to two people that lived. In fact, they were the first living medal of honor recipients since the Vietnam war. Uh, good movie. It's worth a watch. It's, uh, it's pretty emotional at the end because they, um, they, uh, they go through kind of like the awards that everybody got and they start showing you the people who died and by that i mean they have the actor on one side of the screen and then the real person that they're playing on the other and showing their awards and saying that they were killed in action and it's very emotional it's very uh very connecting to the to the real tissue of uh you know these events that happen halfway around the world and uh, and the real lives that it affects um, but a good movie. It's worth a watch. Orlando Bloom's in it. I thought that was kind of random. Like, oh hey, it's Leo Lawson. Oh, wow. And Scott Eastwood is the is the main character, uh, Clint's kid. Um, who I think he was in Suicide Squad. I mean, he's he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a good actor. I like him. You know, he takes after his pops. Nice. So that's the movie I watched. And then actually, no, <laughs> I watched today uh phantom menace and attack of the clones oh hey um funny thing so you remember mandalorian season one episode two where he fights the uh the mud horn yeah yeah so attack of the clones has a mud horn you know the arena scene where they let the three animals out to kill anakin and obi-wan and Padme? one of them's a one of them's a fucking horn? one of them's a fucking mud horn oh fuck 
I know that was kind of a cool. And then, you know, the Mudhorn kind of fucks up Django a little bit, but Django ends up killing it. And I'm like, that's kind of a, I mean, not a direct thread, but kind of meta at the same time. Yeah. Really, really weird. That's like uh, what we noticed with the Boba pack and Han. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Kind of a little, you know, little Easter know, egg a little nod. Thing. And I think little some little of Easter these egg, little nod. What? Okay. And now again, another reason to pay attention to the broom boys because you know quite frankly nobody has i haven't seen anything about the fact that the mudhorn was in fact in in attack of the clones but what well, i mean they don't call it a mudhorn <laughs> but it looks exactly like it hey i'm i i'm positive that it was because this is the kind of stuff that uh favreau and uh filoni do that's what we they've been getting um but but yeah that's cool no no um that yeah i i i can't say i've watched that you know, I, I lots of kids in the house, so uh, we watch what a lot of kids programming. So I, I can say that we watched what Hubie Halloween recently, and that other one animated was oh my god Over was, the moon. was how was how was Hubie Halloween? It was so awesomely horrible. It was I I laughed my ass off the whole way through just because it was it was Adam Sandler like doing exactly what everybody has always panned him for doing but it's like you see him in some of these other roles where it's a dramatic role or whatever and he does an awesome job but nobody ever notices that but he does these ones and everybody loves them like the water boy and all that but every, at the same time everybody's always like oh except it's just adam sandler doing the same old shtick that he always does with all the same old people that are always in his movies and i loved it i loved every minute of it and at the same time it's like yeah he he totally needed to do it it's like hey, for anybody who wants to pan his movies it's like oh you, this is what you want to fucking see um but what was there was hey you know what hmm? that guy i has rarely made a bad movie Uh, right so i i i adam sandler even if they're bad with air quotes they're still entertaining you know always entertaining that's what i'm there for that's what i'm there for i don't sit down in every movie and be like hmm Let's analyze this for Oscar-worthy performances. Now, fuck that. That's no if, unless you're a film critic and that's what you do, you shouldn't go into movies with that kind of an eye. Right. It's like oh, that's and my the angle and the, no, 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 no. It, let's go in with let's understand where where us the average Joes are coming from, and it's one of those that did we enjoy the movie? Did we not enjoy the movie? What was good about it? What sucked? And some people are going to agree and some people aren't. And then we're going to have, you know, that that's where that's where the I don't know. Sometimes that's where some of the best movies, they have those things where everybody's like they're they have their opinions. But that investment in the story and that narrative is one of those things that tells a good movie because you don't invest in a movie you don't like you don't invest in characters you don't like and you don't invest in something um unless there's a you especially a story you don't invest in a story unless you really like the story because it is just a story it's make-believe so there's no real reason to invest anything into it other than that enjoyment for you get from it 
and sure sure yeah you know it's that's and that's that's the tell of a good story is how invested people get in it so the more sometimes they argue the more invested each person is in that specific narrative that's made it so important to them and their life and um you know again great movie great movies are built on that um absolutely so but yeah over the over the moon was an animated one about just some girl that goes searching for a moon goddess it was i for an animated film that wasn't disney it was it was surprisingly you know it was good job netflix you know they they did i think it's uh, who is it is it netflix and dreamworks or I uh, do. I wouldn't know. You're the one that watched it. Um, Sony <laughs> I mean, Pictures, can... Imagine Works, Netflix, Pearl Studio. Um, no, so not DreamWorks, but uh, Sony was yeah, involved. DreamWorks, they're like they're the. There's DreamWorks. There's uh, what is they, the... DreamWorks does Shrek. There's Illumination. Yeah, uh, Illumination is like Sing and the Minions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Disney with uh, what was the, what are they called? Uh, Pixar. Pixar. And then, yeah, and then Netflix is coming, coming in. But it looks like Sony production. Ultimately, this was a Sony. Um, it was well. I mean, it was cute. It's not like they don't know animation. Look at uh, Into the Spider Verse, yeah. man. Yeah, no, it was. It was the animation was good. I really liked the animation. I liked. I liked what they were doing there. The story was a good story. It, it's just a kids' movie. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you can't expect Fair more enough, out of dude. it than that. Um, Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. There's kids' movies that I enjoy a lot. Um, and then there's kid movies that I want to find the most painful ways possible to kill myself. Right. When they're on. I, um, looking at you, trolls. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This one was definitely not a trolls. There was a whole lot more story to it. Thank God, dude. Um, the opening. I cannot wait for that steaming pile of dog shit franchise to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything because uh, if my kids ever hear me uh, talking about it, I I'll never hear the end of it, nor will they probably ever stop playing the movie, because my my children do that to me. Um, so, well, mine does too, just on his tablet, just on his tablet, not on the big. TV. There you go. Oh gosh, man. Uh, but yeah, this definitely was not. Uh, this was. It was it. The story opens up really. I mean, not not a spoiler for anything because it is just ultimately what drives the the protagonist to go to the moon. Uh, and but it, classic. I can't help but say this classic story ta- or fairy tale kind of trope. Her mother dies. Um, so. It's like that extreme loss always is one of those things. And you need, I don't know, I feel like that's just kind of an easy tool to motivate somebody to extend themselves beyond what's comfortable because they've experienced great loss. And so people, a lot of stories end up using that as a way to motivate a protagonist to act um but they they did it in a way that yeah it it definitely catches the hook so hats off to them for you know it it was 
just like watching what the the mama fish die in Nemo. So they well, you don't watch that, you know. It's just uh, you know you 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 come to the realization that the barracuda devoured all of Marlin's family, save for the one egg that becomes Nemo, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> In the systematic slaughter of his entire family, it is got to be the darkest opening for a Disney movie. In the history of Disney, Bambi, movies, right? come on, Bambi, man, freaking. Does Bambi open with mom getting yeah. getting gunned down? Yeah, I haven't do that. I, they... I purposefully don't watch Bambi. You see so, Bambi you know. get born, kind of thing, and then it's like Bambi's—they're all happy, and then the fire and the gunning the down of, well, not the fire, but the gunning down of Mama, and then everything, and Bambi is all by himself. <laughs> Did that dude even have a doe tag? That's my question. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm going to guess not. But it wasn't a uh, different poaching time. Poaching bastard. Different time. Poaching bastard. <laughs> Seriously. Fucking goddamn it. Um, All right. Well, so, I mean, it's, it sounds like we've been, been watching movies. Some of our choices. Some of uh, some are not our choices. Yeah, but, like, uh, I mean, television shows-wise, where I've even caught up. My wife watches a lot of those. But I've seen... She's had a lot of good doc, The Good Doctor on. Um, oh, my wife watches that. You know, good acting, all those kind of things. I just... Uh, there's something about seeing all that stuff, man, that I'm like... it. Not for me. Not for me. I don't know. Yeah. I internalized yeah, too many of those things. Like the guy losing his arms and some other other shit. But, you know, hey, they, I, I, one of the latest episodes I saw on there actually had uh, them dealing with COVID. So, you know, the hats off to oh, them well, for I mean, wanting very to... Ti- very timely yeah, and, right? uh, and, and current, mm-hmm. so good for them. So, um, other than that, that's kind of, I mean, we have one more show to talk about, but we're going to talk about that in, right towards the second segment of the show when we hit the Broom Boys segment. Yes, <laughs> yes. But hey, before we launch into the video game segment, because mm-hmm. I know that's going to be, um, we have some things to say. We have things to Definite stuff we things talk to about. say. Um, so, hey, I want to switch the, the M temporarily just for this little part from movies to music real quick um and ask you a question yeah are you a fan of the eagles yeah yeah okay um i am a gigantic fan of the eagles i think they're the greatest band of all time don't at me and argue with me about it there's no point everybody's entitled to opinion for me it's the eagles Mm -hmm. um well you i mean obviously know that uh, Glenn Fry, one of the lead singers um, yeah. of the Eagles, you know, he passed away uh, three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I didn't know is that uh, his son Deacon had been um, been playing with the band, and that they have started letting him do some songs. Now, he doesn't sound like his dad. He does not have his dad's voice. He has his own voice, and it's excellent. Um, but I, I got to – I found – just stumbled across a random article where they said, listen to Glenn Fry's song, sing Take It Easy. And so I was like, oh, I love that song, and I love the Eagles. And so I hopped in and listened to it. And holy shit, it's fucking amazing. Deacon Fry, dude. Um, hmm. It's it's awesome. So you know, do if you're a music fan and you like the Eagles, do yourself a favor and go on YouTube or whatever and find 
uh, Deacon Fry singing Take It Easy. Or go on Apple Music if you have that. It's on there on Apple Music Unlimited. Um, but check it out. It's awesome. Hey, it's excellent. That's, it's, it's, that's a, cool. it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful version of the song. And uh, more appropriate that the, the son is singing his, uh, his dad's song. That is that is really cool. I, I like that. That's that's good shit right there. And that's I don't know. Uh, for for whatever reason, that's is. I feel very fitting for the Eagles. If there's one band that I feel you can that would be comfortable doing that, there's not many. And definitely, that is one of the ones that. I, you, I feel can take that and definitely fill dad's shoes and not in any offensive way. And the hope is the, the Eagles keep going and going and going. Um, obviously if you, uh, uh, John Lennon's son, um, what's his name? Um, anyway, he's, he sounds exactly like his dad. Holy shit. Oh, that's, I mean, um, and another I, one I mean, was, I, I mean, I don't even know why I, I, I didn't even know that he had children, but yeah, John you know, Lennon, I mean, I guess I should with Yoko, with Yoko Ono. I just, uh, I, for whatever reason, I was even just looking at it the other day. Um, I mean, it's just something you never, um, you know, you never heard about. It wasn't really like whenever you watch something about the Beatles, it's never brought up. It's always about their music. Right. And, you know, and, and the internal strife that may or may not have happened in the band, you know, it's never about you know, what's going on outside other than, you know, Yoko Ono and her, Sean, you know, potentially negative it. influence and all that other shit. I think but. it was Sean Lennon. There's Julian and Sean, Sean Lennon. Actually, there's two. And I, two, that's, yeah. two kids. Yep, okay. yep. Um, and yeah, no, uh, one of them just sounds, I, now maybe both of them, but uh, I just was watching one of them do a, a song and sounded exactly like his dad. The other one that was interesting is, uh, um, and I don't know if he's still doing music, but uh, Bob Dylan's son. Um, oh, wa- yeah, I mean, the maybe. Wallflowers, like One Headlight and all that kind of stuff. That's Bob Dylan's Oh, yeah, son. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I right mean. There. I mean, it, I, we grew I'm up a, on that I'm a shit. fan of, <laughs> I'm a fan of Bob Dylan as a writer. I am not a fan of his voice. No. Um, but his kid can sing. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, another one that did it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you would have heard by benefit of being around me back in the day, me and, you know, and, and Mikey and Timmy, uh, Chris Ledoux. Well, you know, he passed away, yeah. uh, but his son, um, Ned took over the band and was singing his dad's songs and some original stuff for a while. And now he's purely out on his own, but yeah, he also, he did an excellent job nice. kind of stepping into his dad's shoes. It's pretty cool. He has some really good songs. If you're into if you're in a country western like I am, um, if you're not, you know, I mean, listen to it if you want. Give it a try. Give him a try. He's excellent in my opinion. But I mean, it's again not everybody's cup of tea. You know, it, I think yeah, yeah. I, I love so many different kinds of music, and I I, I have yeah, and I do too. I have yet and I to do find too. And part of that's one, your fault. Yeah. you know. For <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good shit out there, and some of it, 
I think that's that's my thing is that a lot of people like well there's a lot of good shit and we can combine it all together and I'm like no 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 that's there's no, a lot of good no, shit no, 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 no. let it be its own because it's so combine it all together what are we gonna have <laughs> classical jazz piano like fuck yourself combine it all together smooth jazz country rap kiss my ass <laughs> yes thank you oh god yes thank you um although there was that one guy there was his that name one was good. cowboy yeah. troy african-american gentleman who did a style of music that he called hick hop so h-i-c-k hop hick hop and, and he does was... have one song it's catchy as fuck yeah no no i was gonna um, i know exactly what you're talking about and i was thinking he's but it's, it's rare there it's so hard to find the people to do it right and if it's done right, those th- then it's it's not that they're combining music. It's 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 it becomes what it's why alternative and fucking Nirvana still has grunge is grunge is grunge. It, it it doesn't sound like anything. And alternatives has so many subsections uh, of styles that <laughs> you can get into in just the alternative rock. That it, yeah. I don't know. Again, it, it wouldn't work if it was anything else, but at the same time, you when you start making a sound that works by itself and all by itself, just because it's a, but it, for whatever reason, a lot of times it's skill of uh, one of the artists involved. Um, yeah, you let it go. Otherwise, it should never, it should never be anything that you try and force together. I don't know. It's like making a band. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you mentioned Nirvana, and you, you about got me going, but, I mean, the <laughs> listeners need to understand something about Buddy and Guy. We grew up in Washington State in the 90s, uh, so Nirvana means a lot to us, at least to me. I'm assuming it means a lot to you, too. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. We had growing yeah. up just north of Seattle. It's like it was everywhere. I... I I still to this it day still is, remember dude. it still is that it still is you you go to you go down to the science center in mm-hmm. Seattle where it's not the EMP anymore I think it's like the museum of pop culture now or yeah. something along those lines you walk in the front doors where the gift shop is it's like 50% Nirvana stuff still uh, still right uh no at that's... least it was when i was there the last time don't at me if i'm wrong if it's different today fine it was three years ago was the last time i was there in seattle and it visiting. just went through a whole lot of uh they just went through a whole lot of new changes again they keep updating that place keep updating it. it's always always kind of in constant flux however the the experience music project inside of that is if you like the history of music, rock and roll, all of this shit that goes on, um, it's a great experience. Holy shit. Um, well, the last time I actually went through the EMP mm-hmm. itself, it was, um, what was it? It was uh, Bluegrass, I think, was uh, what okay. their, their rotating exhibit was. Um, nice. But of course, you know, something like the Jimi Hendrix stuff yeah. is always there. Which is awesome. Um, the museum, the museum of uh, the guitar. They have a guitar museum uh, from yeah, yeah. It's cool. Beginning it's cool. to new, they have. I mean, they have. 
What? Uh, just like uh, upstairs, there's a lot of different uh, rock and roll memorabilia uh, from uh, outfits and that they wore on stage in certain. It, it's it's cool. I love it. I love that one. But anyway, digressing yet again. Yeah, but, but anyway, that's the uh, rabbit so holes. We're gonna we're gonna switch the uh, the M back to movies for now. Movie, but right. uh, it might flip flop out every now and again it's important to keep uh, things music is definitely a worthy topic and i know how much you love music and i think you know how much i love music um ha- so yeah. yeah from time to time the m's the m will flip-flop but now but now it's video games video games um so let's so, talk about let's talk about what's coming really fast because i think well hang it's yeah. gonna well because because yeah because yeah there's there's uh today was a big day for video games um we're doing this recording on November seventh, twenty twenty. So this has been known. This day has been known as N Seven Day for many, many years now. And if N Seven doesn't mean anything to you, it soon will. Uh, there's a trilogy of games. Uh, called the mass effect series i'm saying trilogy because i pretend the fourth one does not exist because it was bad uh so n7 is a in this universe it's like the designation for like the top level highest trained soldier um which you play as the main character you're an n7 rated guy so this is n7 day mass effect universe and for a very long time with the, the trend of games being remastered and re-released on current systems, there's been rumors and speculations. When, oh, when is Mass Effect going to get the treatment? Uh, well, they chose this N7 day to announce that sometime in 2021, we will be getting Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Can I, uh, can I pause at one thing? Because they yeah. have already remastered it once. They brought get one and two up to the what was it xbox 360 or something like that the 360 is what they launched okay. on originally was it, okay. and then was it... when they when they made it backwards compatible they probably let they probably ported in the pc graphic settings because the because the xbox one could handle it got it anyway so i do remember when andromeda came out um, they yes, Andromeda relaunched um, remaster was it? But maybe it was just remastered number three. Um, but I thought they remastered the one, the original Mass Effect one and two. No, they haven't touched the original one yet. They, they haven't haven't, oh, haven't done okay, anything. Okay, so maybe it was just three that they remastered. Well, they didn't really remaster. Three. But okay, they, maybe they, they said because I remember I remember the advertising for it saying that they they did um. They did stuff to it, but I wouldn't really call it a remaster. Not in the not in the real sense of it. Not in not in the sense like they didn't bring it up to they didn't bring it up to four. Yeah, they didn't bring it up to four K. They didn't do any of the stuff that the current technology would support. Um, But but yeah. So anyway, uh, sometime next year, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, I cannot be more excited. Do you think they're gonna Especially... let you play like in linearly, um, from one through three, and where you could and give a little bit more? Because if they're remastering, why not give it a little bit more punch 
to each one of your decisions in the world because that was I, one of the biggest I, things about Mass Effect, obviously, is your decisions have well, weight I, through the entire series. Yes, yes. And that was really one of the first games, if not the first game, that really had that over the course of an entire series of games, mm -hmm. your consequence, your choices from one could affect what was going on in three. Uh, as long as the game could access a save file from that previous game and find the character, it could, it would be able to tell what your choices were. Otherwise you had to go through like, uh, like a mini game or whatever, or it would just assume, um, Certain it would things. just decide yeah. for you. This is the state of the universe. So, um, what I mean, what I what I would hope is that they're going to take Mass Effect One, and I think that's the reason this has been so long coming because I think it's more than a remaster. I think it's going to be something a little more along the lines of the Final Fantasy VII treatment. Mm. Um, I think we're going to see systems updated and improved, um, maybe some fine tuning or adding of more story and story elements. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even trimming some fat in places where they feel like they can trim some fat. I don't know. It's hard to say, but I mean, this has been rumored for a long time and they had the ma the, like the Bioshock trilogy remastered very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like I know it's work to remaster stuff, but I mean, it's not, if it's just going to be a straight remastered port, it shouldn't take as long as this is rumored to have been taking. So I think they're doing some meaty stuff to it. I think they're doing some meaty stuff to it. Cause I mass effect one, like if you play three and then try to go play one, it's almost unplayable yeah. just because of the, 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 how dated one seems in comparison um, to three. I would really like to see them really make your decisions a little bit more meaty and weighted. Does that make sense? It's like, I really want a game. No, that, I totally agree. Or a trilogy that I totally has, agree. Like, your choices really have an effect effect. And that's really hard, obviously, because uh, likely the butterfly effect going, you know, through from one game to three games. Well, if you change all these little things, how's it really going to change? But at the same time... Ah, oh, the more the more variability, the 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 more weighted the the outcome and decision and how how it matters in those important moments. I I I can't say that I would like to see anything less. But they were starting to do that in some of their games, and I, I will say, while Andromeda really kind of blew, the th different endings based upon and. I think there's other games that do this, but the different endings based upon how much support and uh, your what everything that you did and your choices that you made, it, the fact that you could go from saving everything, saving everyone, to pretty much everybody dies and only a small colony <laughs> lives on. That was the as far as I know the extremes of each cho of each game uh, path. Yeah, two um, two really had that dialed out to them. Just, I mean, an extreme. Because you know, the if you've played two, you'll you'll follow. If you haven't, I apologize. There, there's going to be some spoilers. We can't talk about this without spoilers. We just can't. I apologize. Yeah. Um, so two, <laughs> the whole point was, 
you needed to assemble a crew and find out where in somewhere in the galaxy the uh, Reaper was being constructed. You had to basically do a mission behind enemy lines. Now, depending on how thorough you were with collecting materials to upgrade your ship, how thorough you were in your conversations and dealings with your your crewmates and your people, um, and even uh, you had to assign certain roles to certain characters at certain times, and even those choices affected the outcome because basically like to get the best ending possible everybody had to survive the suicide mission everybody and to get that to happen you had to like go a hundred percent into all your companions backstories to perfect completion you couldn't make one mistake you had to fully upgrade the normandy you had to pick all the right people for all the right like you had to do everything perfect perfectly and and like the more people you lost you could end up actually literally all dying because if enough of your crew dies based on your bad choices you don't escape you don't make it out um that that was as deep as i've ever seen a game go on choice effect affecting wow that's hats off to them for that that's heavy though i mean to get the perfect oh it's very ending that's like crazy heavy yeah, and i got it because i'm a i'm a psychopath now, did I, you but get i it used with, a guide I, absolutely. I used a guide i used a guide there was no there was no way i was gonna get it on my own because i tried on two different playthroughs and then on my third one used a guide now i'm like i gotta use a guide because i got tired of watching morden and, and garris die um i wonder it's like do you and that's the thing about this there was a guide Back in the day, do you remember when games were released with no guide and they the hints oh, yeah, they charged dude, you our, for the hints and the, they charged that you was for our each childhood individual guide like Sierra had a hint line. I'll never forget that Sierra had a hint line. And oh, dude! Well, I remember every month waiting for my Nintendo Power magazine to show up so I could look through their game tip section mm-hmm. to uh, find a solution for whatever I was missing on a game, hope, hoping ran, that it might randomly be in whatever issue of Nintendo Power. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. there was a game on my Game Boy called Final Fantasy Adventure. I don't know if you had a Game Boy and if you played that, but it was a little bit. I more, of an, more of an action-y type of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got stuck on a part for a very long time. Like, to the point where all I was doing was running around and killing things to, um, and, like, uber-leveled my guy. By the time the solution that I was looking for came through on, uh, <laughs> came through on Nintendo Power. Uh, because the hints of how to do it were very, very vague. And the solution was basically there was a section of the map. You were looking for a hidden cave to go in and kill the monster, if I'm remembering right. But there were these two boulders and you had to walk a figure eight in between these boulders to get the cave to open up. And the hints in the game, like there was no way, like there was no way me like a nine or 10 or 11 year old kid, however old I was, was going to figure that shit out. Right. Um, dude, it was ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous. 
See, yeah, I'm, I'm remembering even back to, like, when the Sierra games I'm remembering, too. Like, they had, it was all, uh, like, you could point and click and move, or, move around. But this was before the day of cursor controls. So everything was text controls. So you had to type certain things, like, look at the sky, look at the pond, look at this, walk to this, touch this. I, you literally had to get the text commands and uh, also remember i mean when i say we're, we're talking our childhood and when we talk that we're talking a tandy you know 256 256 megabyte processor um Ooh. like we're t before that even i mean i because i remember our one tandy 128 and i i you know i remember these these computers that were so it was a big deal to get 256. Oh my god, 200 mega 256 megabytes of processing power. <laughs> you know, it's like that was that was the big that was big guns. Um Oh yeah, dude, that you were rolling heavy with that. Um and so if but if you didn't have the it exactly perfect, it wasn't intuitive like there was no AI that was like, "Okay, you're close enough" or the meaning of your sentence correlates to the meaning that we're going for we're going to give no none of that if you didn't have it word for word exactly right it didn't work and sometimes translations in games or so there were errors and stuff like that so it was like oh it was awful the king's quest games and uh um police quest and things like that that they all started out with this the text based and it was oh I hated it. Anyway, but definitely not where we're at now. Uh, so no, not even close. We got a not lot of new close. games We've coming come out very long beyond way. just the the re-release uh, of the of Mass Effect. Their Destiny is about to launch. Uh, yes, on on Tuesday, November tenth. So oh. we're we're just a couple days away, or November. Yeah, the tenth. The tenth. Watchdog Legion. Uh, be, oh, sorry. Destiny two. Destiny 2 Beyond Light um, will be hitting every major system. Tuesday, mm -hmm. the 10th, is also the day the new Xbox consoles are released. Ooh, did yeah. And the it. PlayStation is on the 12th, I believe. I, um, I was not able to get a pre-order in, so I'm going to patiently await my opportunity to buy to one. purchase one, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be watching, definitely. My, my wife will be watching, I'm sure, too, coming up because she really yeah, wants to get uh, well, so for Christmas. <laughs> Sony just announced they are not going to have consoles in stores for a while. Wow. Uh, I don't know if Xbox is going to be following suit on that, but PlayStation said they will not have any PS5s in stores on release day. None. Zero. So don't bother looking. This It's online it's online only right now. Right, probably, which is fine. You will probably, you probably won't see one in a store until next year. The well, which uh, which fine with me. I'm I'm wondering if there there's some of that the that um that they're doing to try and control the scalpers because the scalpers are out in force. No, right if now. if they're trying to control the scalpers, they failed miserably. Because if you go on eBay and google this shit or ebay let's just look just mm -hmm. look on ebay at these console prices they're ridiculous um 
I I am frustrated because this is the first time I've never successfully been able to pre-order a console. I was just casually able to hop onto Amazon and pre-order everything that I've ever wanted to since Amazon became a thing with consoles. And now no. And now no. Now it's a, oh, we're going to put them for sale at this time and blah, blah, blah. See, what I think they need to do... <laughs> And I, I don't know if anybody from any of these companies will ever hear this. Uh, I hope they do. But they need to look at how much of an issue scalping is becoming for their consumers. Um, because if they give a damn about our consumers, then they need to realize that a lot of us are who want this shit day one are being forced to pay scalping prices. Um, and I think they need to go to a lottery system where you sign up like okay we're and they need to be transparent about how many consoles are going to be available we're allocating x amount to amazon x to best buy x to walmart etc 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 and you can go to every retailer and you know put in for the lottery knowing that your odds are whatever or maybe not maybe they say hey look pick your fucking poison and put in for the lottery and then if you're chosen, we'll email you a link and you have X amount of hours to complete the purchase or it'll go to the next person. I, they need they need to do something to control because between bots and all sorts of other shit, it's very, very hard. And the website's crashing. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Dude, if I, I spent an hour going from place to place trying to find one yeah and i think my feeling is simply that you know it, it limit the overall retailers and increase the you know find a way that ensures that one per customer kind of thing and i know with the bots and all those things but there's got to be some way to, to do verifications that allow them to ensure that a wherever they're shipping that they're not shipping 10 to one address even if it's 10 different orders. Um, yeah. but And Target, see, and Target, I don't know if they were smart or if they screwed up, but they were letting people put them in the cart before they actually went on sale. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Right. Um, um, that's, I have, I have no clue because that, yeah, that's... I mean, per personally, this is just me personally, um, I think they need to, I think they need to sell direct. I think the consoles need to come from the manufacturers and find a way to, well, Hey, let's just face it. All online orders are done through Microsoft or Sony. Mm -hmm. And then on release day, if you want one, take your chance, go into a, a retail store. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that I think they're ever going to be able to get a handle on scalping. Something there's got to there's got to be an effort. Whether I mean I don't there, care there has to be an effort. There has to be. There has to be. But there has to be an effort because it's ridiculous. It's like that fucking flight stick. People bought them up just to fucking scalp them online, and they're like three times, two times the price that. I think I paid one and a half. Mm -hmm. I think the one I was looking at is like a $80 flight stick or whatever mm -hmm. off the shelf. And I paid like 120 something. Yeah. And that's, and that's not bad. That's really good. Anyway, it's like finding those deals is hard. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I literally the day after or the day of getting Star Wars Squadrons, 
I'm like, I remember having a joystick for X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and Rogue Squadron and all that stuff and Wing Commander on the PC back in the day. And I'm like, I this would be better with a joystick. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just immediately jumped on it because I knew the longer I waited, the more expensive they were going to be. Yep. So it's sort of like, and that's kind of where it's at, where it's at. So they they need to get a handle on the scalping shit. Uh, they do. They really truly do. That people trying um, to make money on on stuff. Anyway, but other games coming out. But I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that. But that also extends. Scalping is in everything. Yeah, it really is. Scalping is in absolutely everything. It is in toys. It is in any anything that is worth money that can be marked up. Scalping is an issue um yeah i'm a big toy collector and you like i i collect i have star wars black figures and all sorts of shit but what i mostly have is transformers so you are probably not aware of this and some of you listening may or may not be but hasbro uh starting i think they started it last year they're doing crossovers now and by crossovers i mean last year they did a crossover with Ghostbusters and they released an XO one or an Ecto one, sorry, transformer um, called Ectotron. So it's the Ghostbusters car and it transforms into a, again, translates or transforms, sorry, what? into a paranormal investigating Autobot. Um, I have it. I got it for my birthday. Paid a little bit more on eBay than what it costs at retail, but fine. Uh, but now, they are doing the DeLorean from Back to the Future. His name's Gigawatt. They're doing an F-14 Tomcat from Top Gun, calling him Maverick. Uh, these things were, you know, exclusive to here, exclusive to there. Oh, my God, the scalpers, dude, the scalpers. Star Wars black figures, same things. If, if, something, if something is exclusive to someplace yeah. especially... The scalping is vicious, and the eBay prices are even more vicious. So yes, scalping is is the is a plague right. on consumers right now. And yeah, something needs to get figured out. But I only have ideas. I can't obviously implement them or make any changes. Well, and I think it also comes down to the fact that scalping exists because people are willing to pay the prices for the good the goods. Yeah, it also it also falls it falls on consumers. If if you continue to pay the inflated prices, people are going to continue to scalp. So I mean, maybe at some point, us as a nation of consumers need to decide, hey, stop paying these scalping prices, and right. you know, and then stick them with this inflated inventory that they purchased to try to flip. I mean. <sighs> I don't know, dude. It's it's a very it's a it falls into a it's weird a anti cap it's a weird anti capitalist thing because I believe in a person's right to buy and sell at a profit. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, you know, I it shouldn't I'm, it shouldn't I, be as hard to find stuff. I fully in this day think and age in a collector's market, I think that kind of thing in a collector's market ye- I'm fi- I'm fine with it, but like the joysticks and the consoles, those aren't collectors' items. Those are just game accessories, and so, but 
in, in collectors markets like baseball cards, football cards, because certain va- cards have their value driven up, and so it, that collectible stuff and that collectible market sets ultimately the price of what it is and then accessibility is going to really drive up the cost of whatever it is you're trying to collect so i'm 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 better in that market to see the you know wherever it ends because at that point in time that's just that's that becomes the market in my mind um meanwhile in the stuff when it's just accessories, uh, consoles, uh, just just the items that you're looking to get so you can attempt to play the games. Uh, that stuff is just, that's, that's people being greedy. And we already have corporations and companies that are making profit on it. And then it's like, how many layers of people of profit do people need to make on, on goods before... You know, we we say enough is enough, and me, I'm like, it, I haven't bought a joystick yet. I won't until they finally get the manufacturers finally get them back into stores because I refuse to pay scalpers for items like that. Now, and on a collectible item that I want, like uh, for even a guitar that I that I, if it's the right guitar and it doesn't go over a certain price, I will pay more money for a sunburst guitar than I would say a blonde top. It's like there's everybody has their thing and and when I'm like looking for something specific that I care about not so much in the aspect of playability but all collectability, I, I'm willing to pay have a more open mind when it comes to the price. Um I, that's that's where I am, and so it's like by all means let's be capitalist, but I, somebody's already making profit on this stuff. The store, the the manufacturer, and now I have this third party person who's just controlling access, and that pisses me off. And I'm beyond controlling; it's restricting. Yeah, I mean, I if you look on eBay, and I mean, we we have our phones, we can we can look on eBay very easily. Um, let me just do a quick Xbox Series X. Here we go. Um, filter by price by um, Menon. I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Fuck. I mean, okay. We have so no association with Menon. Scrolling, scrolling, <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Anyway, while Buddy does that, he's he's scrolling. looking at the prices and everything. Scro- no, no, no. I'm scrolling. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find a total, a total number of how many are oh. currently for sale. Scrolling, for sale. scrolling, scrolling. Got it. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. See, scrolling, and that is going to be yeah. Scrolling, that, scrolling, scrolling. You shouldn't be scrolling that long. Scrolling, scrolling, especially if you scrolling. can't find them anywhere else. I'm going to I'm going to tell you I'm going to keep scrolling until it until I hit the bottom. Okay. Sounds so, like we'll plan. just keep talking we'll just and then keep I will I will break in when I hit the bottom. So, right. keep an eye on keep an eye on your timers, folks. Yeah. Um so but back Oh, to I just saw I just saw a price for an Xbox Series X for $1400. There we go, right? Awesome. Um so as you guys this is uh, we're off topic, but in some ways not because this is it's this relevant. Comes, 
it's definitely Especially relevant to, to the video next, games. Next gen video game, uh, video gaming. Um, but this one we also had uh, Watchdog Legions just came out, and yes. um, by all accounts, it's a very good game. I'm still. I I loved the first one. I'm still playing through the second one. So Legion will come uh, down the road. They have to fix their their fatal uh, Xbox bug. Have they fixed that yet? I don't know. I haven't heard. Um, But the fact that I haven't heard maybe means that they have fixed it. I hope because if I think it was still if it was still a problem, you'd still be seeing stories. Um, Right. Um, Yeah, I think I think there's a chance that it's that it's over and done with. And then um, Cyberpunk 2, or Cyberpunk, which one's coming out? Is it 2? Cyberpunk is, no, it's Cyberpunk 2077 is out in it. December now. They they delayed it again. Keanu. Um, Keanu. Keanu. Um, so, yeah, other than Destiny 2 getting their next big expansion on Tuesday, uh, we get the new Assassin's Creed game on oh. Tuesday, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, my, my Viking ancestors will finally be represented <laughs> in, uh, right in an Assassin's Creed game. I, I've, I've got it pre-ordered. I've got it preloaded. I'm ready to rock and roll. Nice. Um, nice. So, I mean, destiny two will probably get my attention, um, well, for then... a few hours on Tuesday and then I'll go to Assassin's Creed because, you okay. know, I mean, I love destiny too, but you know, when it's, you know it's got for me it's got a limited there's a limited amount of time i can play it before i'm less like okay i need to take a break because i'm 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 going ham and um i don't necessarily need to go ham and valhalla is going to be a massive game and yeah. if if even just splitting my time equally between the two it's mm-hmm. going to there's going to be a lot of playability there so there you go. Um, Valhalla wow. is being is highly touted and highly anticipated, um, and I think it's going to be an outstanding game. And I'm looking forward to sinking my mitts into into everything. We'll see um, what new new kind of uh, gimmick mechanic that they add to it. Every everyone has their little their little fun. I I think quirk. I not not really quirk, but you know cuz it's set in a certain time period. Uh the age of yeah. sails, you know that that kind of stuff. Or the pirate you had what was it? Uh Black, 4. In uh, 4 you played uh you played as Edward Kenway as yeah. a pirate. For that was pirate. fun, dude. I really liked And so you had the ship, the and, ship. Yeah, right? So and every, having I, them sing the the pirate ditties as you were Mm-hmm. going through the the, the caribbean that right, was the then blast there was the the ancient greek roman one it, I, everything has its own kind of yes little... um well in assassin's creed also with the release of origins mm-hmm. uh several years ago which took place in egypt um they kind of reinvented the series they made it yeah uh more of an action rpg game than um you know than a stealth driven um you know thing you could you weren't you know you could fail missions in previous assassin's creed games by not being stealthy enough and that kind of went away um with starting with origins yeah with how you were going to address a situation versus how it was specifically expected yeah it it gave you more freedom and Mm -hmm. and also in in by giving you freedom it became more forgiving 
I really, really loved Origins. I really, really loved Odyssey. Um, Origins has been my my favorite release of the Assassin's Creed series for a very long time. Um, we'll see how Valhalla does. I yeah. I can only imagine I'm just going to fucking love it. Um, okay. So, okay. So, Hold on, though. Hold on real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have finally reached the bottom wow. of the scroll in eBay. Now, here's Shit. the thing that is cracking me up the most on these uh, on these consoles being for sale. There's got to be, I mean, there's got to be a thousand at least. But the thing cracking me up the most is that these motherfuckers are charging, you know. The reasonable ones are charging two to three hundred over over cost. The unreasonable ones are charging in the thousands. And most of these motherfuckers aren't even offering free fucking shipping. Wow, I'm <laughs> I mean, not what surprised, the actual dude. fuck, dude. As much money as they can fucking get out of it. God damn little cocksuckers. This one cunt is eight hundred and fifty bucks and forty nine dollars shipping. <laughs> seriously if oh. cunt offends you fuck off i don't i don't care because yeah. that is that is a cunt that is a cunt there's by every stretch that, yeah. of the word yeah yeah it's like i uh oh, wow this yeah oh here's 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 one good samaritan one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars fast and free shipping guaranteed by Asshat. tuesday november 10th okay so now now my next um, fucktron. My next part of the experiment is I'm going mm-hmm. to filter it by how many have sold. Okay, you do that. Um, you know what's also showing fifty eight hundred plus results. Wow. Um. Wow. Wow. And see, there you go. There's there's the reason why the market it, it exists. And that's why they do it. And that's where thousands, buy, oh, I mean, that's five, That's almost 6,000 fucking units. No wonder you can't find them at a goddamn store. Yeah. So, and, and you figure what, you know, what if their, what if their initial console launch worldwide was 500,000 units? Cause they, I imagine they had manufacturing issues due to COVID, right? right. That's only yeah. fair to assume. That's so say tense. there's only 500,000 units worldwide. 5,800 sold with how many still being listed is a decent chunk. Yeah. And that's just eBay. There's people who can sell third party on Walmart. You can sell third party on Amazon. You can sell third party in a bunch of different places. Target, I think, even lets you do third party. That's just eBay. Just eBay. Yeah. So, So, fuck you goddamn motherfucking scalpers. Um. Anyhow, so oh, you know what else is coming out in this time here? Uh, they finally gave a date for the launch of uh, the WoW expansion, and I've oh, been well, playing I that. Mean, you want to know what they did, dude? What they did they put do? everything back to level sixty? They they condensed all the levels and smushed it so it's sort of like what was once like level one hundred is now a level forty and other shit like that. So your your level one ten or one twenty or whatever it was is now level was it was 120 now they're level 50s very Um, interesting so that and which is if have you weren't a classic player no 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 but vanilla wow 
originally only went to level 60. So this is like going back to that kind of classic. They, they've done some things that's really, that are really interesting with it so far. So I'm curious to see how this expansion launches. Um, and we'll see what kind of what kind of new shit comes around for it. But uh, well, hey, I mean they're doing something right. They're they're rapidly approaching twenty years of well, being up and running. So I mean, right? I can easily say that this having been classic was one of my favorite times to play. Uh, this is as close to a classic feel that I've actually had with WoW in a well since since well before burning crusade but um i like the wrath of lich king i liked uh, warlords of draenor i i've been you know and i i played cat and i played a lot of the different ones and <laughs> but that was one of the things i always lamented the loss after burning crusade was it never had that same kind of feel that the original classic wow did there was there was this whole idea that they almost really made it like being in its own kind of world and so you had to work for shit <coughs> excuse me <coughs> we'll see if i hit three nope not this time um yeah those are rookie numbers bro no right it's like when i get going i, I well, i'll go but oh anyway. i'm a power sneezer dude i'm i'm right. minimum of four usually if i'm, I'm sneezing. Shocked. Minimum of four, upwards of seven upwards mm -hmm. of seven um but two is weird so we'll see what that means um but yeah no it's like so this is this is a good fit i like what they're doing so far and how they how they've how they've developed it with all the additional expansions what the, what you can do with it uh how leveling works they, they've just made some good changes, really solid for the overall game and the fact that it has been um, out as long as it has. So that in itself, they allow you to play whatever your favorite time period of WoW was. So they really, really went into, into it, I think, doing what Blizzard does, and they listen really well to their community. Um and they they overall try and do as close to whatever um, is logical and possible. But one thing that I've always seen with Blizzard in whatever game it is, is sometimes they come in really late, but they always include all the best shit from every game and the the product that they put out i mean diablo 3 was a fucking a, a great game still is yeah. still going strong too um although wow. diablo 4 is right around the corner right on uh, no solid release date but we know it's coming very very soon probably my guess is if we don't see it by this time next year then it'll be early 2022 yeah agree um so and that's that's kind of how blizzard it has operated so you know here's to hoping that they listened and we get another good expansion but that comes out on the 23rd of november so well, lots I mean, they of good really, games coming they really haven't shit the bed on expansion since what warlords of pandera or pandaria uh yeah there was yeah the myths of pandaria myths uh, of pandaria, of pandaria. Yeah. Miss and Pandera, uh, something yeah, like the Panda that. Bear yeah. expansion. Let's just say the yeah, Kung that, Fu Panda expansion, uh, Kung Fu Panda that, expansion. 
They yeah. lost me at Cataclysm. I'm just I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. They lost they, me at Cata. That, it started that feeling like a full time job. I already had one. I already had a full time job. I didn't need another one. And that that's where Warlords Warlords of Draenor kind of kind of brought me back. It was kind of almost uh, what if the shit with uh, Draenor never happened and the Outlands was never created. What would it be like? And that was that was a good. I like that. And but they also included things that they figured out from Pandera about the garrison and how everybody wanted a, or they had a farm in Pandera, but they gave you like a garrison, like you're a place that it was yours and. Um, so they, they just did things that, that I think we were all finally kind of waiting for. Cause I always, that was, I always lamented my first experience with like an MMO was Ultima online and you could build a house in the world. You had to watch out because people would steal your key and then steal everything in your house. Um, but, and that was a real thing. I mean, you just like in the real world had to watch your key uh, you had to watch your key ring in the, in the video game because thieves would love to get that shit. Um, but you could build a house, you could build a tower, a castle. Uh, so it was really up to you what you were going, what you could afford, and all those things. But I always missed that in all the MMOs that I ever played since. There was never that ownership, and uh, but I also played Daggerfall, and you could kill anybody and take their home and make it yours. So. I, I always kind of liked that part of our, of the games that you could carve out your own little niche, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that wonders if Ultima uh, is ready for a, a reboot, ready to be brought back, or is, or is it just uh, too overpopulated in that uh, particular game field for, for a, a series like Ultima to exist. There are still people running Ultima servers out there. Are there um, really? That's, yeah, that's they, awesome. They had continued to make updates to it for a while, but um, EverQuest and then obviously WoW did did the magic. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say Ultima wouldn't be ready for some kind of MMO revival. But I mean, nostalgia alone, I think, would grab them a lot of attention. I don't I mean, think you would be get away with doing Ultima online. It, it's like even you'd have to completely rework even the mechanics of the game to make it so people would want to play it over, cause, over WoW. Cause, um, or EverQuest, I think, was just re-released or is releasing, re-releasing or something. <coughs> um, but... To get P and there are what you also have the Skyrim online that people still uh, Elder Elder Scrolls El online. Elder Scrolls yeah, online. ESO. Um, so you have all that. So to to bring people back to Ultima, it was so Wild West. Uh, when in the days of the MMOs, being the that kind of even semi three D environment that they had going on with the paper dolls and stuff. Um, it was so new and PKing play. It was that it was, it was awful. And when you got killed, you lost everything. You could get looted and all your stuff was, was free game. It wasn't like how you 
get to keep all your stuff in WoW when you get killed. Um, if you get killed in the real world, or you get killed out in the world, the guy that kills you gets all your stuff. It's gone. Done. And you may... That's hardcore, dude. That's yeah. fucking real hardcore. Yeah, it was... It, so I don't know that people would have the constitution to play a game like that. Uh, hardcore like, people would. There, right. there is. I think there's definitely a, a sect of gamers out there who would be like, "All right, I'm down for this shit. Let's roll." Right. Because um, you know, I mean. But I'll tell you if what. You're when a you smart would... lad, a clever lad, mm-hmm. uh, or lass, clever girl. You can, uh, you know, when you're going out to do stuff, you know, you make sure maybe, maybe I'm not taking my best stuff out into this. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's obviously ways around everything, but I think there, there I think is. there's a player base. It might be a small player base, but uh, I think they could get a player base for a hardcore It just game changes, like that. yeah. It changes how you address and go into situations, but as long as you're willing to play the game for what it is, then then life is good. And I mean, some of the best times that I do remember having on the game were when a play a PKer would finally piss everybody off enough, and you would literally get a huge motley crew of like 20, 30 people would go out in, they would literally hunt this person down. And then they, it's like, uh, and just continue and just grief the PKer for until they logged out. And I mean, it was like, it was, it was a real, it was, there was a whole lot of emotions in that game. It was crazy. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I can I'll never see that. forget watching my older brother. He was typing to somebody on the, uh, you know, in, in the world. And when you type, obviously, your hand's off the mouse and all these things. So he was typing. And then he had his buddy next to him who was working the mouse. And completely, they were robbing the guy blind while my older brother talked to him. Um, and the other guy was just stealing every anything and everything he could through pickpocket. Um, they and they got his house key and his like chest keys and then they followed him back to his house um and they yeah they just robbed him completely blind they're assholes but it was definitely i was hey i approve that's got that's got the buddy Um, seal of approval right there so anyway but yeah don't hate the player hate the game right seriously Uh, so so do we um this gets us really quick to well we gotta we gotta address the elephant in the room i was about to say there's uh there's a hulk-sized elephant in the room um we haven't talked needs, about that yet and we've been talking about it needs to be lot. talked about this this is gonna wrap up this will be our lead into the broom boys um but we gotta talk uh avengers because oh colossal fucking hulk size disappointment not in the game itself the game itself well the story the gameplay is fun the story is good but we are hitting a wall that so many other games hit where content is becoming stale. There's no definite, hey, this is when new content is coming. There are and definite on top of it issues all, with the game mechanics. And the game mechanics are not broken, but they're definitely severely dented and bent. Um, gear drops and stats are a gigantic issue. They're inconsistent. Uh, the last time you and I played, you know, we would 
we would go over each talk to each other when we're going through our spoils of whatever misadventure we had just taken our our guys on and be like hey look at this i have a three-star blue that will give me better stats than my five-star yellow or my exotic what and oh hey yeah yeah and how is that a thing how is it how does it even work it's like and then the there's a lot of the the gear that you don't get any the sets are random uh uh type drop so it could be a plasma it could be uh ice it could be gamma but all of those abilities it's you certain certain characters utilize certain abilities like Thor with lightning, uh, Hulk with gamma, and they get bonuses naturally to those damages. But then all you can get for your Hulk, like cosmic gear or, or uh, the the exotic gear or even legendary, all you can get for that is the lightning or the pim particle. And while those are cool and the effects are awesome when you get in, you know, with with certain in conjunction with certain things, but you would lose out on a huge amount of the damage boost and building your character in an appropriate way. And then just having to farm, if you're trying to farm exotics and you keep, you know, you don't get the type drop that you're looking for, it makes it, it's just just frustrating because what are you going to do? Completely respec and build out an entire suit of armor based upon pim particles uh, just because you get the damage bonus from that in completely i don't know it it, there's things about it that just irritate me in ways that i want it to be better i want yes it it needs to be it needs to be better a a month ago that potential and it does the the game has all the potential in the world and a month ago were you to ask me i would say hey avengers is a hot mess but they're telling us they're going to fix it so let's give them a little time let's give them a little space we can be fair you, we have six characters right now to grind up and gear out and everything. That's enough to keep you busy. Whether you're running the same shit over and over again, you know, that's a separate issue. But there, there's stuff to do, and there's a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking at a game that is on life support. And you got with a the lot of good monst- games coming. The monsters. They're not even good games. There are monstrous titles that are literal days away from release hours away hours away from being released monstrous shit you and i'm talking to square enix and crystal dynamics need transparency about when stuff is coming what that stuff is going to be it's not hard ubisoft is doing it for multiple titles the division 2 ghost recon breakpoint people don't care about waiting for quality it, we care about the, the transparency in the, the process. If we're going to have to wait, how long are we waiting? And then on top of it, if we've already paid in, if you've got a pre-order or if you've got an, or you went out and you bought the, the whole uh, season's pass or whatever kind, whatever comes with the game, you want to see that your dollar values are worth what you're getting. And if all of a sudden you're waiting, like you, you ha- you've been waiting the, the release and they're like, oh, hey, two weeks, a week before the release, oh, we're going to be pushing it back. We don't know how long. You know what? Stop pretending like just the quality alone may it may save it. If it's that damn good, you know, then, yeah, I guess you can hinge things on it. 
but stop treating the player base like it's you know that that you can string people along not give them a date if you don't have a date say it's because we're having to rework and be honest about the damn thing and then if people have paid into it fucking give them kickbacks which they don't did. just take their goddamn money and be like yeah just keep waiting we're sorry they gave us a bunch of free shit but i mean did that they, free though? shit's only gonna go so go so far and also here's something interesting some of those kickbacks included, hey, we're putting all these costumes on sale and all this stuff on sale. Well, apparently those sale prices are now the permanent prices. Uh, they've cut the cost for everything. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. Cut. Uh, that was that was a change that was made this week, I believe. Um, now here's here's some interesting things. First of all, the report is Avengers is a financial disaster for. Square Enix, Crystal Dynamics, whoever whoever's footing the bill for the game, apparently it's not a good ROI, return on investment for them. Yeah, I'm not so surprised. I am now having serious doubts that a game that is purging players left and right and is apparently purging money left and right is actually going to get the support that we're promised. And like I was saying before, uh, Division 2, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, there are almost weekly updates from Ubisoft about, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we know about. These are the issues we're working on patches for right now. And then, hey, we're building the title update, the next title update for the game. This is what's going to be in it as of right now. And then that list grows or shrinks occasionally. They have to say, hey, we can't complete that. That was unrealistic. We're going to move that to the next one. But hey, this is what we're adding. This is what you're going to be getting in this game on this next update. They do it weekly. We wow. haven't heard wow. a peep. We have not heard one mm -hmm. peep about anything other than it's coming. And that was a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, wow. Wow does the weekly update and the thing yeah. they, they're not completely transparent about what's going on, but what I can say is oh, the the newest expansion broke the game for a huge amount of people. And rather than just looking at it and saying fuck, they actually went back in and they addressed the issues and now they put it on there and that said older systems are no longer going to be supported after this, you know, after this expansion and the initial patch and all those kind of things. So you're going to need to work it out. We have to have a minimum processing power. But beyond that, they went back and they made sure the shit would work for the people that were disenfranchised. And they did it within a week. They completely readdressed the priorities and they got it fixed. I want to say it was actually three or four days um, from. That's a very impressive turnaround. So um, even even for a company with that much money and that that big of a company, that is a very impressive turnaround. And I I've, at that point in time with the, what they did, I was like, well, OK, shit. It's like I felt good about it because my my grievances were addressed quickly. I didn't need anything else. I didn't need more. I, yeah, it screwed the game for me for, uh, it, you know, maybe a couple days, but it wasn't like I could. It was unplayable. Just certain textures completely stopped loading, 
Um, and it, so it made it really in some situations difficult to play, but it wasn't horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, I mean, one big area where I could see textures not loading would be, you know, some ground effect damage from a boss or an NPC or whatever that, you know, doesn't load in and you're standing in something that's killing you without realizing it. It it was the characters. It was your character's textures. What they did is they completely redid all the different skin textures, eye textures, hair textures, armor, armor textures. Yeah. The whole armor was fine. It was literally your body and you would just be this black void um, and, <laughs> i don't know i think i would almost prefer playing that way <laughs> it was it was really at first it wasn't i was like i at first i felt like wow i got a really kind of cool you know cosmic spider suit um and then next thing i know it's like after about two days i was thinking this is really annoying i don't want to look at this like the the blank black eyes and faces and it was just it started to get annoying and by the time i got to the day they fixed it i was going yeah i don't need i don't want to play it right now just cuz i just i would much rather have a visual experience that didn't just kind of it irritated me in the back of my mind it wasn't even one of those things that that um completely changed now at the same time there were textures in the world that wouldn't load and so it made it and online it, it i had some screen tear or some screen tearing and some uh texture issues that way but overall it was like it was just like grating to always see my character completely messed up jacked up and it it got sure, progressively sure, sure. worse it started with his eyes and then next thing i know it was his eyes and hair and then it went from his eyes and hair to his entire body and it, uh, anyway, oh, but it man. wasn't like it wasn't a game break, but they addressed it quickly. And then there was some login issues. And again, they, they addressed that quickly. Uh, so they have the Square Enix and Crystal Dynamic. They have they even if they don't have the ability and the money and the manpower to address it like that, they can, there there is the ability to listen to what people are saying and if you have to rework an entire mechanic or re-program um, something, it's you dig into it and you do what's necessary. And yeah. at that point in time, I think the fan base would be there. But I can I can honestly say I'm I'm terrified. I I bought the game with the expand you know uh, or what the the fancy version of it with the whole point of being excited about getting to Spider Man. And now I'm like. Like Spider Man was really what it got. What I mean, we got it on the PlayStation, and it was one of the main reasons that it's like, I think, in the end, I ended up agreeing, wanting, thinking, yeah, I need, I need to get this game. We were, we were talking about it, but there were all these other good ones, and we ended up getting it both on PlayStation because Spider Man. Because of Spider Man, yeah, where we both have Xbox One Xs, and the game would have run much much better and probably looked better on the one x but we because of spider-man we stuck with the playstation um i i am going to just because i have other stuff to keep me busy like on my gaming life isn't hinging on the avengers and i i know it's rare but it does happen where these games that are broken 
are made whole. I'm going uh. to give the game the chance, and that will probably expire shortly after Spider-Man is released if Agreed. they don't get their shit together. Um, Agree. Uh, and that'll and suck, but I've, like that. I've, thrown, I've thrown money away on games before. It won't be the first time. A game <laughs> is a gamble. Sometimes right. a game is a gamble. And like Mass Effect Andromeda. Like Mass uh, Effect Andromeda should not have been a gamble. That should have been a triple-A home run, knock it out of the park, point to the bleachers, and hit the ball. For Honor but, should have been, but they, they killed it with yeah. how they started their networking. Yeah, For Honor was. Well, where For Honor started losing me was they, oh, hey, let's start. They started changing the way they built the game to work mm-hmm. based on... You know, the game was supposed to be you and another real player in one-on-one combat. If you were double teamed, you got bonuses in, I think it was called Revenge was the mechanic. And the more people that ganged up on you, the stronger you could become based on if you stacked stuff into this revenge mechanic. And they then said, well, this is too powerful. We need to, we need to, to to tone it down and change how gear works and everything else. And it ended up being a completely different game. I like for honor. I hope they make a sequel. I hope they take all these lessons that they've learned and I hope they make another one. Well, they're Um, still, uh, they're still releasing new seasons and and they are uh, still releasing new seasons. Yeah. Which means that they have enough people playing it, that there's still a great deal of interest. Yeah. Um, I I really still like the game. I enjoy playing. Oh, I do too. I haven't played Um, it in a long time, but I mean, I think I think if you and I were to hop on on the Xbox or whatever and play it, we would have a good time, even if we were just fighting bots. You know, right? And that's actually all I that's all I find anymore is is bots. You can set the game to just play AI, and I just do that. Um, But in the it, it that's i i don't know I, I i really enjoy it that way i mean there's certain things about it yeah that they changed and um each each season adds some kind of tweak or change to the me- overall mechanics but i think that's how they've been running a lot of games anymore when they go seasonal is they they change certain mechanics to make the game a little bit more fun and exciting, I guess. And sometimes those changes help and make things awesome. Other times they break them, like what the guys talking or with what Buddy's talking about with the revenge. Um, so, yeah, because anyway. then all of a sudden you could get team ganked fairly easily. They 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 took revenge down way too far. Yeah, they really um, did. They really really did. It it became a moot. It just wasn't fun. Yeah, um, it became a stat that you didn't spec into. Um, but if but Avengers anyways, doesn't get its ass together, I mean, yeah. then, yeah, it, it sucks. So, so that's put, kind of uh, where we're at. Avengers is on notice. But hey, so since you brought it up, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned the, the almighty Spider-Man. Yeah, um, yeah. Reviews for Spider-Man Miles Morales have been coming out in the last few days. Because I think that's getting ready to drop as well. Yeah, um, I heard that. So I, I haven't everybody, read any yet. Every well, I've read a couple uh, because obviously I have a PlayStation and I have the, I bought it for that Spider-Man game and I loved the Spider-Man game. It was a blast, uh, wasn't it? Yes. So uh, the the word coming from official reviewers and these are credible, legitimate sites like IGN, and I'm hearing hearing this from a lot of different sources and a lot of different places who are hands on with the game. 
It's fun. It's beautiful. It's great to play. It's a $50 game that you can complete in under 10 hours. It is oh, tiny. Man. It is tiny. Um, which I don't think is going to be a nail in its coffin by any stretch of the imagination, but there are a lot of upset people that uh, were thinking that the advertising showed it as a, as a full-fledged game when what they're actually getting is maybe more akin to a reskinned expansion. Uh, the quality is there for sure. It is a quality title. No, there is literally nothing negative said about its gameplay, its graphics, its sound, its mechanics. Nothing negative on that, that, that aspect. But it's tiny. It's tiny. Um, especially considering how many dozens, if not hundreds of hours you could put into Spider-Man if you were uh, insane about going after collectibles and doing all the side missions. Um, I don't know how much collectibles right. and side missions will add to the Miles Morales game. Uh, but that sucks. Uh, the, 10 the base hours game is, is small. The base game yeah. is small. The base game is unfortunately small. Uh, but still, it's... Uh, I, I don't know if it's PlayStation 5 exclusive or not. I can't remember. If it comes out on PS4, I'll I'll pick it up and and give it a give it a go. Um but yeah, obviously some I think well-deserved disappointment and I think some people feel like they were maybe misled. Um whether that's their fault for not understanding what was being communicated or the or if the communication was lacking from the developers, I don't know. I'm not qualified to comment on it. Um, but so there it is. I mean, that's just, that's just died in the wool. I'm not surprised. And I think I had heard that was kind of what everybody was like. It's, it's standalone game, but every, every report said that the size seemed to be the size of an expansion. And so nobody was entirely excited about like what was really coming because, it was so convoluted in the idea that is this an expansion to the game because it it almost seems like it should be but sony's like no it's a standalone game and everybody kept being like uh, but it 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 looks like it really should be uh an expansion too so it should have been it literally i mean they legitimately should have hey this is the this is how we're putting the bow on this amazing title that we did um, is we're giving you a Miles Morales expansion. I think that go. would have been perfect. You know, it's like and what I, a and nice segue to Spider-Man Two. Nobody would have been mad. Well, you know, Spider-Man Two is being made. You know yeah. it. Is. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's no way it's not because you know. I mean, we've we've got we know the Green Goblin has to be coming, amongst many many other villains we have yet to see. Um, nobody would have been mad about hey. Here's the here's the last expansion this game is going to get. It's Miles Morales. It's going to be a ten hour adventure, maybe a little bit more if you squeeze out the collectibles and blah blah blah. Nobody would have been mad, but instead they 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 marketed it as a, this is a must have launch title for the PS5, and I, I think a lot of people bit. Um, but hey, you know what? It's still a must play, right? I mean. I, 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 
Spider-Man is a must-play. We'll I, we'll see what happens with Miles. I it may be a must-play down for me once it's uh, I can buy it used. Yeah, or on sale. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, if I can see that's you know and that's this time of year especially. Like I just I just paid the sixty-three dollars or whatever to buy Valhalla, um, so I could play it on launch day. But I also did it with my Microsoft reward points. It didn't cost me a dollar. Um, you know, you buy games and add-ons and movies over the course of the year, you earn rewards points through Microsoft, and then you can turn those into, um, credit. You could get, uh, ultimate game pass time. You could do all sorts of stuff with these reward points where I cashed all mine in and I had like $70 in credit. And I, so that's what I bought Valhalla with was with my free points. Um, so, you know, but here's the thing in a month. Christmas sale is going to hit on both. And why they typically don't give deep discounts on newer release titles, it's not uncommon to see a, a maybe a 10 or 15% on a newly released title and right. you know, you might be able to save a little bit of money right off the bat by by waiting and then you know, if not you'll get a spring sale and then you'll get a summer sale I mean, so depending on how long you feel like waiting. It's you know, it's not uh, it's not the end of the world if you don't have something on the first day. It's not. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I will, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm not completely sold on it all. I'll play it at some point because it's Spider Man, but um, well, of I, I, yeah, it's, right, of course, of course, yeah, right. So let's see that that brings us. Uh, Right I think to, that yeah, I, I think that Mando, wraps up the broom voice time. Ra- I think that wraps up the video game thing. I'm trying to remember something popped into my head a few minutes ago, but it it, it went away, so it must well, not have been anything. Yeah, anything I, super important. And, and uh, for we're 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 now uh, half an hour past your bedtime, sir. So yeah, uh, you know, it's I, time. I, it's I, time I, to I get a, devoted to. I set a goal, not uh, fully expecting to blow past it a little bit because you yeah. know we're we're it we're chatting happens. motherfuckers. It happens. It happens. And um, I mean, legitimately, a lot of stuff to to talk about. And yeah, uh, we also stumbled our way into into relevant topics. So no, I mean, well, you you're not costing me anything but a little bit of sleep. And I mean, honestly, I'm a six hour a night kind of guy anyway so i'm i'm i'll still land well above that um even if i Life was here good. for another 45 minutes so it's not a big deal right um, but mando mando uh season, season two, two uh, episode chapter two. Chapter, chapter 10 two. yeah the passenger 10. the passenger oh which you know at the first my expectations of this episode were a lot higher than I think in some ways what we got, but not because I feel well, like what we got was we got a good episode. I a mean, a good episode a, and a lot happened, but not, yes, not but like lot, we'd expect, but a lot also didn't happen at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, right. I mean, so let's, you look at what would be the equivalent to this episode in the first season. Um, that was a, a defining episode for the Mandalorian season one, episode two, 
you know, we, we had just gotten introduced to baby Yoda and now we have Mando and baby Yoda making their way back to the ship. We have the Jawas stripping his ship. We have him reuniting with, with Quill going after the Jawas, um, you know, getting his ship parts back. We have him see him almost die to the Mudhorn, And, you know, we see baby Yoda use the force and he kills the Mudhorn, And now we know that that's his sigil. Uh, or their sigil for their clan mm-hmm. of two. So comparatively, if you look at the second episode of the first season to the second episode of the second season, uh, the second episode of the second season would definitely seem lacking. Um, but we also, I think, learned that if you think back to what seemed like weaker episodes of the first season, that sometimes he's playing a, a long game. And there will be a payoff later. And we got some payoffs from the first season in this episode. So I think later on down the line, um, we're definitely going to see more come from this episode than we think we are. Uh, Agreed. Because, yeah, like uh, even what we were talking about, uh, one of the things about this this episode that it, it, it starts out with, obviously, they... Mando agrees to find to take this passenger, this amphibian woman kind of thing to, to, I don't remember what planet it was. Uh, Trask, I think, Trask? or something. Okay. Well, um, I mean, hold on, but the episode actually starts with him returning to the city on the speeder, and they get attacked. Oh, that's by right. more bounty hunters. And we get a, a pretty good little fight scene, and we see a knife at the throat of Baby Yoda. Um, and he trades his jetpack for Baby Yoda's safety and then activates the jetpack. Instead the and, Jawa. <laughs> and, and the, I don't know if that was a Jawa or not. I don't know what I that felt was, like but... it was. A, I felt like, oh, you're right. I don't know if it was. I felt like it was one without the cloak. That's what I felt like, but I'm not sure that it really was. I, I feel like I had seen that species before. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he, he dispatches uh, of the attackers and you kind of get a cute little thing with baby Yoda running at him with his arms extended after he's made safe. And I, my wife was watching with me. She's like, oh, it's so cute. I'm like, yeah, baby Yoda's I, adorable. We all fucking love him. Did you um, notice the moment they had where it was sort of like you killed him and he's like, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to play into some of the stuff that I want to hit on here in, in just a couple. But take make note of that that moment in your brain. Um, because yeah, then no, it's, he hikes it's back with everything on his shoulders, basically. Including the crate dragon uh, roast mm-hmm. or flank or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he gets back and to, to her gambling... With that one. To Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris is back for another appearance. Gambling with a giant ant, which, as it turns out, was an Easter egg. Well, Uh, wasn't it a cell? What is it? Selkak? Or what are they called? Dr. Mandible is what they called him. Um, Okay. Okay. But the reason it's an Easter egg is the episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who directed Ant Man. And so she's playing cards with a giant ant. So, um, you know, and Disney also owns Ant-Man. So, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a fun little, fun little Easter egg. Anyways, not important. Absolutely. Not important, but still very cool. I didn't, yeah, I did not realize that. That's a cool one. 
I didn't put it. I read an article. I didn't put it together myself, but I read an article. Nice. Um, and then. Um, and then there was the point in time that. Let's see. Uh, ultimately, yeah, that that they. they <laughs> I hear I hear baby guy in the background there. Yeah, well, right. I, I unfortunately I had it muted for a second. Um, but let's see. Uh, so they're playing a card game, and they they uh, he she sees Boba Fett's armor hanging from his his shit there, and she goes, "You you looked for another Mandalorian to kill him," and then he kind of gives a brief summary of what went down in Episode One to her. And she makes a vague promise of, hey, if you cover this guy's bet, I'll I'll talk to my contact and we'll we'll get you information that you're looking for. So he agrees and she she comes through and she says, hey, so I found somebody who knows where Mandalorians are. Uh, Here's the location. But there's a there's a price attached and. The price is he has to transport this amphibian-looking creature and her eggs to the planet that her mate is on so they can get fertilized, so her family line can go on. That's the, the plot of the, of the show is they have, mm-hmm. he has to transport this amphibian and he can't use hyperspace because it apparently will be fatal to the eggs yeah, something about that, and so he's got to go at sublight speed, and that's incredibly dangerous. And, and but they end up getting underway because he needs to find these Mandalorians, and I I think this is where you see for the first time, obviously, Baby Yoda kind of gets interested in the eggs, and Baby then... Yoda chases her. She's wearing the the tank on her back, going up the the ramp of the Razor Crest, and he is Baby Yoda is sprinting after her because she's got a bucket full of supper on her back. Because holy shit, that little thing is a savage. <laughs> yeah, he is. Holy cow! I think, and and this is one of the di- the the whole entire parts of this story that it it started making me. You you really get the sense that obviously it's if it's not completely young, it's kind of in some ways it is not nearly as developed, I guess, as I would assume something fifty years old would be. Um, that or it's just like like you said, it's that or Baby Yoda really truly is just a complete savage. Because I mean, it's, I think it's a little of both. I mean, it recognized that thing's eggs as being food, and he wanted as many as he could shove in his face. And I mean, he ate what, two or three over the course of the the show? Oh no, he ate like I want to say four or five or more over the course of the show. Like I want you. There's one scene where he slurps two, and then he hides one that had one hidden at the end of the show, and then uh, there was another scene. after the wreck that he was eating one there so it's like he's devouring this thing's eggs even after identifying that it because baby yoda understands what the mandalorian's saying 
which means that when the the speed whatever she was uh, when she takes over it, the voice uh the or the translating unit of the the droid that's in the Razorcrest when she she tells him why they're so important and everything like that and baby Yoda's there to hear the entire thing and so and is still more than happy completely to completely down whenever he can um, the last of her species the last of a line the la- yeah the last of her family line yeah no it's or uh it's yeah definitely a interesting sign or side of baby yoda um not that it didn't have entertainment value mm-hmm. um i mean i think they overdid it a little bit but maybe that'll come into play later i don't know i um, think you're definitely you're you it expanded my understanding of exactly baby yoda and what i felt what i'm starting to feel like is trying to figure out what level is this uh, is it a really it, it's a baby but is it really a baby or well and i mean i think it also it? shows it? you look at you look at baby yoda as a life form mm-hmm. and even think about yoda has claws has teeth that come to points like their fangs yeah like the mouth full of fangs is it's a predatory species exactly and, and that's apparently kind of... it's a predatory species that has to be dominant wherever they come from because they're still around even with their small size right. so i mean it's it's an interesting insight to to whatever it... that species is called I definitely feel like it gives a layer to even Yoda's character as a whole. Because if, okay, if these kind of, if, if, what if Yoda was developed even, advanced for his, his own race? It's like, there's a lot of things now that it's, it kind of says, or, or were they not, were they? Because both the Yoda and what was the other one's name? Yaddle. 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 Um, both of them were very, very almost, uh, peaceful and highly developed. And when does that kind of development happen? At what point? And, or, I mean, I don't know. The whole, their whole species, I think, we're obviously learning a whole lot about right now, currently. And it will be interesting to see how all that kind of plays out. Um, but anyway, so they're flying through space and they get intercepted by two X-Wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second second appearance of X-Wing fighters in the show. Um, you know, they... What, what was the... Your transponder isn't, isn't broadcasting or whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, it's an older ship. It predates. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. have that. And, and they're like, oh, well, it needs to. Yeah, now it needs to. This is the New Republic, buddy. We need we need you to, to get your shit. Um, I, I got I got itty-bitty guy here to help me with the show for a second. Itty-bitty guy. Say hi. Well, and so uh, after the he, he, you know, is like, oh, well, I'll get that taken care of. Um said something that really uh piqued my interest said may the force be with you yep uh and now 
I saw an article. I did not read it to get the perspective of the author, but I felt that was, um, hmm, how do I put that? A giant fucking plot hole that now all of a sudden he knows about the saying, may the force be with you, after not knowing or understanding that what baby yoda has been doing the whole time is the force like maybe all i can think is maybe what he knows it as as a republic um it's kind of greeting or or motto or whatever motto or yeah whatever. maybe maybe he maybe and he's in his galactic travels has heard it said from republic person to republic person and, and repeated it and so. just repeated it and you know was hoping that may the force be with you would get him you know would would be like oh hey okay yeah he's he's on our oh, side oh he's in the know he's in yeah. the know good graces good graces that's all i can think about the whole thing because otherwise i don't understand why he doesn't have any clue about what baby yoda can do yeah because it just wouldn't make sense and then being like may the force be with you all i can think is what he doesn't understand is what baby yoda has is considered is the force so yeah yeah that's um, all i can think i mean that's otherwise we're i think we'll find out i think they're going to use sure. that as a way to rectify that that because everybody's been we're not we're not the only ones that have noticed that so oh, i feel no, like not by any means yeah i feel like they're giving us right now the lead into understanding why he doesn't know what the force is but might know why but here he is he understands may the force be with you he doesn't really i think they're gonna get i think they're gonna feed us that information fill in those holes and this is just kind of like a a point where it it progresses that story but yeah i yeah, noticed I, it too and i was like the it fuck? Just, you know it obviously it um I, I bumped up against it, but obviously there's many, 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 many reasons why he wouldn't have knowledge of that. You know, maybe he saw a broadcast, a galactic broadcast done by Princess Leia or Mon Mothma or some leader from the Republic, and that's how they closed the address. And maybe he's seen multiple addresses like that, and it's just like, Close oh, like that's, that. just, that's, that's, what that's just say. what that's just what the Republic says. But come says. on, don't you put it together. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He's not a know. dumb guy. He's supposed to He's be not. a real smart dude, and he can't put together, may the force be with you. Wait a second, this fucking baby's using magic. Is Wait, that what's the this, force? What's this force thing they're talking about? Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I In fabs, we trust. That's our in saying. In fabs, here. we trust. That's yep. our saying. So, yep. fabs, buddy, you're we're not you're not my friend, but I wish you were. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. We know, I, we know you'll, we know you'll wrap this up toes. in a neat little bow. He'll wrap it up in a neat little yeah. bowl. It'll be fine. Uh, so uh, then they and... ask him for a ping. Um, which, I mean, okay. So, like, what's this ping and what's it supposed to do? Like, when I hear ping, I think of that scene in The Hunt for Red October where the two subs are talking to each other through their, their periscopes and their flashing Morse code and they're saying one ping only and blah, blah, blah as, uh, as positive or negative responses or whatever. And I'm like, all right. But apparently the ping is maybe like uh, transmits like data about where this ship has been and what it's done. I, Most, I don't know. Uh, when... Like when you ping a computer, ultimately when you ping a computer, you send uh, a message uh, to the computer and it sends a message back. And it's like it, the message is simply just a, hello 
and but to do it you have to have specific you have to be sending it to a specific place so if you send out a ping it's just a general ping to anything and so you're sending out broadcasting your signal and so that whatever picks it up says okay and it can see what you are and then it sends a ping back to say this is who i am so if he sends a ping out ultimately what they can do is pick up the ping and get all the details of his ship right which they then after he does the ping they say hey was this ship in the proximity of republic transport blah 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 and uh instead of trying to talk his way out of it he just punches it hits the gas and tries to evade nice little fight uh nice little uh chasing Oh, dude, beautiful too. But like, it looked looked like it could have been on an IMAX screen in a movie theater somewhere. Beautifully you, you rendered, definitely beautifully get the done. Idea how well the X the X wing maneuvers. I like oh, the yeah, scene the though when they go from together to kunk kunk, and it's like, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah, they're opening up their S foils, which means they've engaged their weapon systems. Um, S foils <laughs> for you Star Wars nerds is short for strike foils. So that means their weapons, their guns, the 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 four prongs that come out of each wing of the X-wing are their laser weapons. So a uh, little bit of trivia S foils. When you see in in the New Hope they say lock S foils in attack position. S foils means strike foils and it means they're going hot. They're turning their guns on. Um, yep, yep. But great chasing. Uh but ultimately, the Razor Crest escapes by crashing and then falling through whatever they crashed onto into a cavern of some kind below. And the Razor Crest is fucked up. Bad. Bad. Straight up jacked. Ah, oh, um, damn. I didn't think I was going to be flyable again. But yeah. Well, so he, yeah. he sets out to affect what repairs he can. Um, After like, you get the whole scene where she basically ultimately talks him and he's like yeah you're we're just you're gonna have to wait here and then uh we'll see what we can do later and then she the reptile lady or the amphibian lady's like hacks the droid and huge speech you have we have to go and this is the reason and you agree yeah well i mean he he says the mandalorians uh, uh i thought they uh their word was their creed or whatever and their bond or whatever yeah, yeah. and I, apparently not with you and uh, he said you know at one time he's like sorry lady i don't speak frog <laughs> so, right yeah um and he then he you know he tried huddies or whatever i think yeah. and she didn't understand that either but um that was just so, yeah, before so, the first scene where yoda eats or baby yoda eats the eggs oh man and he just yeah. like slurps them up like a freaking like tapioca ball or whatever yeah yeah so um he starts trying to trying to make repairs and then baby yoda joins him and is obviously making an effort to communicate to him which is something i don't think we've seen baby yoda do before make an Mm -hmm. overt attempt at hey dude like you see him communicating it's just gestures and body language but I mean, Baby Yoda is basically like, hey, the frog lady left. Which was weird because he's like, hey, the frog lady left, which obviously shows that he's concerned for her safety or whatnot. Meanwhile, he's slurping up her baby. Or was he concerned because she took the eggs? (laughs) It could be. It could completely be. But Um, they track her down using his neat thermal vision in his visor, and they find her in a hot spring. 
Um, and, and so, you know, Mando's like, hey, no, we got to – I know this is warm and I know that's great for you, but you can't – you need to stay at the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he starts helping her gather up the eggs and Baby Yoda's trying to help himself to a couple while they're being gathered up. And after he's denied, he uh, he goes wandering off. You see him smelling something. So his this senses – This was such a World of Warcraft moment. There's a goddamn yes. – Leroy Jenkins – Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, but so he was smelling something. Mm-hmm. So obviously, again, another sign that his species is definitely predatory. Mm-hmm. He smelled something that he identified as food and wandered over to what turned out to be a giant nest of eggs. And after eating one, the others started hatching, hatching. which seemed a bit con- which seemed a bit convenient. Leroy. But yeah, so they shit. all start they all start hatching, and he runs in terror and gets Mando's attention. And Dude, time species... out because if you're fucking scared of spiders, oh man. <laughs> so apparently, that species was supposed to be in Empire Strikes Back. They designed them for that movie way back when, and they never ended up making it in the movie. But now they're they're being used in in the Mandalorian. Um, cool. Another, so we another get a back. we get a herd of spiders led by a gigantic spider uh, chasing Mando, Frog Lady, and Baby Yoda. And you see Frog Lady at one point goes on all fours to start covering ground faster. Um, Baby Yoda's obviously been scooped up by Mando, and we get some good blaster play with Mando um, Mm -hmm. gunning him down and using his flamethrower and explosives and doing everything he can to, to get clear of them. But they are pissed and aggressive and they chase them all the way into the ship and they have to retreat and into the ship, into the the cockpit. cockpit. And that's when the big one starts busting its way into the ship. And, uh, you know, for a less sophisticated viewer, you might think that, well, this is the end of our heroes, but, uh, they're saved by our friendly, x-wing pilots from earlier in the show blast the shit out of everything blasting the shit out of sitting in their cockpits casually with blaster rifles uh just picking off spiders although i i'm pretty sure they had to use their x-wing cannons on the big one yeah and they landed and then started picking off as many as they could with their with their blaster rifles and then you Um, definitely get and then i think one of the scenes about this that really caught me was when mando actually makes it out of the ship finally and oh god how many spider webs were in it that was crazy. yeah they webbed up the ship really rapidly yeah but once mando gets out he's looking around they're shooting everywhere all around him but you get you they see you get the very distinct impression they see him and they're they're helping him they're avoiding they're not shooting at him and they're not even one comes close to as uh as fire on him and so you get this really distinct feeling at this point in time. Not only are they getting the saving the ship, but they're specifically saving, you know, they're not just, you know, shooting off the spiders to try and find out, you know, get the wreckage and if there's any dead bodies inside, but they were specifically saving him. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they definitely helped him to a, to an extent. They saved, uh, they saved their lives. Uh, but then you get the conversation. Um, you know, hey, 
you know, we, uh, this ship definitely was in the vicinity of this prison ship, but we dug into it and we found out that, hey, you helped break out a prisoner, but then you also helped capture three of the people who broke him out and you also made an effort to try to save the life of Republic crew member, whatever they said his name was. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to call it square. And he's like, well, Hey, you guys want to help me fix the ship? Keep keep the bounties on the three that I captured. And can you help me patch up my hole? And they were like, Nope. (laughs) And then they took, which I felt was a little, I felt that was a little uncharacteristic of a Republic pilot. Like they went through the effort to save his life, but then they're going to leave him stranded on the planet. Yeah. Let's just call it even at, at yeah. this. And then it's like, yeah, they take off. And I'm like, maybe, going? maybe they had to take off because if, you know, maybe if a superior messaged them or tried to get them on comms and they were like, Oh, well we're here. You know, they, it might've opened up questions to where yeah. they were forced to take actions on the Mandalorian, but I felt like, hey, why are you saving his life only to leave him stranded on a planet where he could die? Like that just seemed odd. But he he affects enough repairs to the Razor Crest to get it spaceworthy, but they're all having to chill in the cockpit together mm-hmm. and limp at sublight speed to their destination, which I mean, we saw the trailer for season two. We saw that scene of the Razor Crest badly damaged um, yep. going through space. So now we know where, where that and came from. Yep. And, you know, we also saw part of the X-Wing chase. So, And then Baby um, Yoda slurps his last egg. And as everybody yeah, Baby Yoda slurps like, his last egg. In. And then I assume the next episode will have us arriving and him getting the information. And then... Um, you know who knows who knows they obviously the story is going to ramp up very quickly it's going to have to um, how many i didn't even catch how many episodes in this season or it's eight, eight. it's eight it's eight okay well yeah we so go. i mean episode three last season was where the story started kicking into high gear um because they did their filler episodes kind of in the middle yeah um you know, with the gunslinger, with the with going after the the bounty on tattoo. Well, with then... everybody that's supposed to be in, from Boba Fett, uh, with uh, Ahsoka, with Sabine, with um, Cardoon coming back. I mean, and that's grief, a, yeah, there's, yeah, that's there's there's, a... there's five people right there, and so if each one of them gets their own show, well, I think, I think if I'm going to to put put pieces together from the trailer i think this next episode we're going to see sasha banks's character because mm-hmm. you know she's got that scene in the trailer where she's standing there cloaked and then he sees her and then she vanishes and then i think we're also going to get him and uh there's a scene of him and baby yoda on like a ferry or a boat of some kind mm-hmm. i think we're going to get all of that in the next episode I, um, I agree. I think so. Um, I think it would be a good one, but yeah, I definitely we're getting to the point where, depending on how they roll everything out, we are. Yeah, we're gonna start seeing some really good, really exciting footage. Um, this was a good episode. I felt like it moved a lot of stuff, but I don't uh, feel like it was a big like. I mean, I not like an episode like we got obviously no i um some of the first ones well i feel like it i feel like i can safely say so far 
this is my least favorite episode of the series. Well, in the dark saber, we still have resolution with the Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon, and now yeah, different there, things. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to come. But out of all ten episodes of the Mandalorian that have been released, this is my least favorite. Uh, Definitely by far. Yeah, by yeah. Far. I, I can... my least favorite. It's there's and that's the thing is me saying it's my least favorite is like me saying like sirloin steak is my least favorite red meat i still love it i still devour it if it's put on my plate but if i can get a a ribeye Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get a ribeye right yeah (laughs) it's my least favorite so far i enjoyed the episode they're they're it, it moved the story in the direction the story is supposed to move um in favs we trust we know it was this way for a reason and that reason will hopefully be shown on the next episode. And if not, it'll be shown in the future for sure. Um, right. Yeah, so far, just my least favorite episode of the series. And yeah. that's fine. Not every episode is going to be, you know, the top shelf episode. It can't. You know, it just can't. That's just the nature of things is not every episode is going to be the best or be able to, to meet the expectations of the ones before it. Or ones that come after it. Well, that's the kind of fun thing about it is, you know, even bad pizza is still pizza. Um, That's right. That's perfect. Perfect. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, there there might have been this and that, other ones, and everybody's going to have their favorites. Uh, I, but hey, you know, I I like how what they do with the show. I like how they tie everything in and tie it back. The fact that we got the mud horn that tie back to Attack of the Clones. Uh, you had the backpack with uh, Boba's backpack tie back. I didn't break that to uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. You were constantly getting these little, little Easter eggs that that tie back to the the those spiders being developed for um, Empire Strikes Back. That to me is those are some of the things that make the show my favorite and. Um, Again, I, I feel that's kind of what we semi got again with this episode with the show is that 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 moment where you just kind of get it and it, it, it they they give you enough Easter eggs to make it to really make it a, such a wonderful part of the universe and not even just that but also make it its own thing and I mean that in fav we trust you know it's a because we say that for one very specific reason and this is why because he does a great job at providing the star wars entertainment in 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 a way that is both modern and pays such such perfect homage to what comes before it i mean naming the that the canon in the towards the end of uh what was it see the the season finale yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the e-web. This is the e-web. e-web. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So it's like those kind of things don't go unnoticed, and he he keeps doing them, and uh, it just well, makes it you know, so much better. It's, we say in Fabs we trust just because that, that rolls off the tongue really nice, but Filoni, and Filoni we also trust. So, um, you know, they're, they're the driving forces, and uh, I think actually, I think a lot of the deep dive, deep cut stuff comes probably from Filoni because he's a fan first. 
long before his, he was a creator. I mean, his he's, knowledge he's, is amazing. He, I mean, you re, you remember the Disney Gallery where he talked mm-hmm. about the prequels, yeah, and how they are underrated and misunderstood, and that people need and and it did his explanation of how we should view the prequels. That's a fan. Yeah, that's a guy who loves star wars and i think he he gets just as much credit as favreau um mm-hmm. should and does uh Filoni needs to be mentioned side by side so in fabs and in Filoni, we trust that it, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same way but um they know what they're doing and i like what they're doing uh i can't I wait till you all week. like what they're doing <laughs> Like every week, I can't wait till Friday just for that new show. So, yep, every week, yeah. For I mean, we six more episodes coming, right. and then, um, you know, unfortunately, we'll probably have another six month gap before season <laughs> three hits. But you know what? There's a lot of good stuff coming in that gap this time. It's not going to be as empty. We'll have the WandaVision show. We'll have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a lot. We'll, to, have, we'll have a lot to keep us busy. Yeah, and a lot, and a lot for for Buddy and Guy to talk about. So um, until then, until next week, when we join you again, I think, I mean, I don't have anything else to add that might help out these people anymore. No, no, no. I mean, we've, we've already taken up their attention for over two hours. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Any comments, concerns, criticism to tell us we're awesome. Awesome. <laughs> No, you can tell us we're awesome, but keep that uh, negative shit Other to stuff. yourself. Yeah, don't, we don't want to hear it. It's bullshit. We, we know yeah, what look, we are. <laughs> look for us on social media. We're still under the, all the Broom Boys uh, social media stuff, but that's going to be updated uh, because we're, we're just consolidating everything into one, one package. And you'll see that change on the social medias eventually um, as, we, as we just consolidate everything. Because you know, it just makes, I think it just makes sense for us to do the shows this way, instead of having two different shows. Absolutely. It just, yeah, it's just, it just makes sense. Um, so yeah, uh, we we appreciate that. We appreciate those of you who listen to us, and we hope you enjoy uh, our our mad ramblings. We Absolutely. Really Absolutely. And so, well, and I'm I'm Guy. That's Buddy. And for this episode, I think we've spoken.